Praise God. We welcome you online. I know uh, there are people, in, well, we've gotten a lot of people back from quarantine. We were so thankful to have them back. So then with musical chairs, they came in, others left. And we welcome you guys now. And uh, I know that we have many people watching who, whose heart is here. And so, uh, but we're thankful that if you have a positive test or you've been exposed, we're thankful you're there and playing it safe. And so that's the way that we do it. I know my heart hurt when I was gone for a couple weeks, but uh, it's the way we got to roll. And so, but if you missed week one, I suggest you go back and tune in, not now, later. But um, I said in after 2020, we're all ready for change. But the only thing we can truly change is ourselves. And so God called us to do and be certain things throughout his word. And being who he called us to be was never predicated on what other people were in society. He never said, well, I called you to be a light of the world, but it's going to kind of be indicative on who's in government. Or I tried, I I want you to be salt of the earth, but it kind of depends on what the climate is or whether or not there's a virus going around. Like, he didn't didn't do that. We, We are always called to be what he has called us to be. And it was never predicated on anything else. Titus had a situation on the island of Crete. And Paul's like, hey, Titus, for this cause, sent I you. If everything was great, we wouldn't even be needed. But God sends us into a dark world to be a light. And so um, make sure you tune in. And next week, you're going to be blessed. You don't even have to put up with me next week. My wife is going to be in this pulpit. That was a little early. He clapped when I said, you don't have to put up with me. You got to hold off a little bit. My wife always does a great job when she's in the pulpit. And I try to get her up here more frequently, but, you know, between running a business, being a mom, homeschooling, Bible quizzing, there's other things that she does too. So, but uh, tonight, we're going to continue our series. We launched the series of, of I'm Ready for Change. Anybody relate to that? Online, anybody relate to that? If you're home with quarantine right now, can you just say, amen, man, I'm ready for change. But tonight, the topic of week two of this series is, what are you consuming? What are you consuming? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for who you are. Oh, God, it's so great to just know that we have a God who knows all, does all things well. You are perfect, powerful, wonderful, amazing. Our words can't really capture who you are. But God, we're so blessed and honored to serve you. And so, Jesus, please help your word to just come to life in our lives tonight so that there are things that we would see and things that would encourage us and, yes, challenge us, Father, to be what you want us to be, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, I ask. Amen. Folks, both in person and online, this series has been birthed out of extreme burden and concern for the 21st century church. Not many churches in America are growing today. Not many are experiencing Holy Ghost outpouring or seeing substantial signs, wonders, and miracles. Why is that? I mean, did God just say, man, 2020 snuck up on me, and I just have been so busy dealing with these issues that I forgot to pour out my spirit in people's lives? Did God say, you know, with the virus and stuff, all the angels and myself have to wear a mask. So as I've been commanding miracles to happen, some people have not heard them. 
I doubt that. I think God, who the Bible says is the same yesterday, today, and forever, I look at that and I say, so if he wanted to do miracles, signs and wonders, in the Old Testament, parting waters and, and, and turning serpents into staffs. I mean, just healing uh, uh, Naaman as he goes in and has leprosy and dips in the, in the Jordan River. And you just read about this. You move in the New Testament, and, and then everybody wanted, oh, I want to touch the hem of Jesus' garment to be healed. And then he says, no, I'm going to put my spirit in my disciples so that they don't even need to touch. Now just Peter's shadow is going to heal someone. And I just can't imagine that we get through the Old Testament, the New Testament, and he just doesn't want to do miracles anymore. And so when I see a lack of things happening, I, I just go, why? Why? Some might say, well, it's COVID. We haven't even been able to gather at times. I hear that regularly. I see that and say, oh, well, just God's not able to move. We're not able to gather. Our nation is so concerned about the exposure to COVID. But you want to talk about what COVID exposed? I'm concerned about the, the, the exposure to COVID, and we're doing what we can. But let's talk about what COVID exposed. It exposed the fact that Americans somewhere between the first century church and the 21st century church, we fell more in love with the building, the church building, than the God of the church. At some point, we got so focused on the facility, the gathering, that we forgot we're the church. And we should love our church. I'm thankful that we got people that are so disappointed when we can't gather together. I would be so sad if I said, guys, we're going to have to cancel for the next three months. And you're like, cool, okay. I mean, I want us. We need to love our church. And the Bible says gathering and assembling ourselves. This is biblical. It's why we're doing this even in the midst of a pandemic because it's essential. We should love corporate worship, small groups, prayer meetings. But in the New Testament, they didn't just have one church building. Mainly for two reasons from what I see in the Bible. Number one, there wasn't a building big enough to contain them. And number two, also because of persecution. Multiple times in the New Testament, I see in the Bible people hiding out in homes and checking the door before they answer it. Who is it? I mean, we read about one story where the little girl took off running and left the guy outside, right? People having prayer meetings in homes while their leaders were in jail. I actually just happened to read this today. And not even in preparation for this, just in my daily reading. There were people praying in homes because leaders were in jail. I mean, imagine that. You know, I wasn't here. I'm praying I was missed. But I had COVID a month or so ago or whatever it was, six weeks ago. But I mean, imagine you gathering together and I'm not just, oh, I'm in quarantine. No, I'm in jail. 
And you have no clue if you'll ever see me again. It kind of depends on the government. And I mean, like, we're not there now yet. But they never stopped being the church. Even if there wasn't a building to gather in. I mean, like, what would we look like as the church if we removed the building? If, God forbid, something happened to this building between now and Sunday, what do we look like? The first thought is, well, we would just have to rent another facility. But this, herein lies part of the problem of the 21st century church. Our first thought is always about a facility. It's always about a building, a location. But I don't see that in the first century. Like, they just didn't seem consumed with the building. They're like, minister publicly house to house. I'll walk to the temple. Oh, my shadow. Yep, that'll just heal you. Oh, silver and gold have a nun. Rise up and walk. They were going to the hour of prayer. They were praying in people's houses. They were doing fellowship and breaking of bread. I just don't see them like, well, what are we going to do? How much how many does our sanctuary seat? Well, well there's, there's, wait, wait, wait. There's, there's something broken in the, in the sanctuary. How, what are we going to do? A musician's missing? Oh, how are we going to have service? I just don't see this. Don't tell me they didn't have problems in the first century. I mean, I don't mean to be weird here, but I mean, like, in their first century church, they could have showed up and, like, where's the piano player? Oh, she was fed to the lions last week. I mean, that was the reality of the first century church. And so they were people of prayer, people of fasting, people of the word, Torah, people of worship. And although they loved corporate gatherings, they did them many times. Please don't take what I'm saying and say, cool, I don't need to go to the church building no more. Because that wasn't the case. They loved that. And, the, and, and you see them do that so many times. But you look at their walk with God and their mission. It was never dictated by what someone allowed or not allowed them to do. I was just reading this today. That they sat there. They were afraid of the crowd. They arrested Peter and John. And he, they, he says, what am, I, what am I getting arrested for? For healing a lame man? And they're like, man, we want to kill this guy. But everybody sees they're rejoicing. They're thinking it's a miracle from God. So we don't know what to do. So they let him go. Well, then they go back. And the very next morning, the Bible says early in the morning, they're preaching again. I just wonder what our church would look like if we got arrested. Would we be out the next morning before sunrise preaching the same message? Why don't we have the book of Acts revival? I want what the apostles had. I want to get to that place. If you want what they got, we got to do what they did. And they had a holy boldness. But do you know where the boldness came from? I know God just had me read this today because this this isn't even in my notes, but it's in my reading today. You know why they had that boldness? Because when Peter and John, they they ended up getting flogged and they ended up getting put in jail. And the believers, they weren't scared at all. Yeah, right. They were freaked out of their minds. They get together in a prayer meeting, and they're going, what do we do? 
And you read about it when he starts, they start saying, God, you read their prayer. The prayer is recorded as they say, God, give us boldness to be what you want us to be and to do what you want us to do. If you're here watching online or here tonight and you're saying, man, I just don't have that kind of boldness, then start with that prayer. God, give me boldness to see what you want to see and do what you want me to do. You know why? Because if all we're doing is, please come to my building, please come to our building, please come to our building, will you come visit my building? I would like it if you'd come visit my building. That's great. People need to know. And they're going to feel God when they come here. But if all we're limited to is the building, we fail. Their building got moved They were all the time. It don't matter. We'll meet in the house. We'll meet outside in the colonnade. I'll meet you on the way to the temple. I'll stop. We'll just go wherever we need to go. I'm going to go wherever I need to go to get you this message. Yeah, but people might say it's not the time. It's not the place. You can't do it. You get arrested. So be it. Peter and John said, Peter, in his boldness, said, so uh, am I supposed to obey you or God? They didn't like that. But they sense that from Jesus a little bit too. And so Peter, that's why Jesus, before he ascends into heaven, looks at Peter and says, hey, your time's coming. Servant's not greater than his master. And so he looks at him and he says, now I'm commissioning you to go do. And even greater things will you do than what I did. But the church, the church, oh, man, if we, oh, if we can get this. I pray to God there's a good group watching online. If not, please, 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 not because I want my name out. or If there's people here, you share this message tonight. Get it out there. We've got to get this message out. It's not because I want to make a name for myself. But there's a message here in the 21st century church that if we will get this, it will change history. It will change history. If all we're limited to, come to my building, come to my building, come to my building, what in the world happened to just stopping and saying, oh, you need something right now? Why don't, why don't you just rise up? God's going to do it right here. Why don't, why don't, just stop right here. Oh, oh, you want to come? We're going to have a prayer meeting in my house. Just come on. Come on. Come visit my home. Let's, let's, let's pray right now. We'll pray on Friday night. We don't need to wait till Sunday. Oh, man, I, I never read about people saying, you know what? I want to get baptized. Well, let's wait until the, the gathering at the temple this weekend. Someone wants to get baptized. I, I, I can't wait till I start getting calls. I, I, I hope that you guys start to bug me. You're calling me every single day that I have to come up here on Tuesday morning and Tuesday afternoon and Thursday evening and Friday early in the morning. And we're just having to baptize people all the time. I want to get to the place where I don't know. Why do I need to baptize them all the time? I'll get you a key. You can come baptize them. I'm not anything special. We're all, no, I'm the only one that can baptize. No, you, you, you've been baptized. You've been filled with the Spirit. Baptize them in Jesus' name. Let's get to the place like they were in the first century. I don't see them only oh peter we got to call peter peter's got to baptize no let's just start getting people baptized filled with the spirit let's let let god start being what god wants to be but you see peter and, and john they're locked up and people are just scared and they're in this and they're and they're praying what do we do what do we do god give us give us just boldness lord help us to see signs wonders and miracles and do you know by the end of the chapter, the last verse of that chapter is like Acts 4 or something like that. The last verse of that chapter, the Bible says the whole place shook. 
Because God was so moved by that prayer, and Scripture says that every single one of them were filled with the Holy Ghost. Just in a prayer meeting, apparently in someone's house, a, a spirit outpouring was born and birth, new birth took place out of a bunch of people who, the prayer meeting started with fear. Fear is not always a bad thing, and we have a lot of fear in our lives right now. Fear is not always a bad thing. Sometimes fear is what drives us to have a prayer meeting. And fear causes us in a prayer meeting to say, God, I am scared to death right now, but I'm asking that you will help my unbelief, that you will help me to dream of signs, wonders, and miracles, God. And sometimes when you have a prayer meeting like that, the place just begins to shake. You don't always have to walk around going, oh, bless God, brother. Oh, I'm doing well, brother. Good to see you, brother. Sometimes you just need to get together with some people that say, my God, I'm so afraid. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. But in the midst of this, help me. Help my unbelief. Help me to see what you want me to see. To do what you want me to do. To be what you want me to be. And that is not just someone who waits till next Sunday. They just walked out, and, and, and before they were done, the whole place shook, and the Spirit was poured out upon all flesh, and you move to the next chapter, and signs, wonders, and miracles start to happen just what they prayed for. Oh, church, right now, just raise your hands right now. God wants to speak. God, speak to the people watching online. Speak to the people who are going to watch this later who might not be watching right now, let this message begin to circulate, not for my glory, not for me or my name or my honor, but Lord, that this would be a message I believe that every single church needs to hear. I believe, God, that you're trying to do something to prepare the 21st century church to look more like the first century church. God, if we're always just thinking about the building, when's it open, when's it closed, when can I invite someone to the building? God, we are the church. Help us to get a revelation. If we're afraid, help our unbelief. If we're fearful, Help us, God, right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Church, we have to quickly figure out how to be the church and not just go to the church. If we are just concerned about going to church and not about being the church, we will never reflect what the first century church reflected. COVID exposed to me more than just a virus. It exposed to me the fact that I personally have a lot of room for growth. We keep hoping that COVID will go away. The old president will fix things. The new president will fix things. The vaccine will clear up problems. A new job will make things better. A stimulus package will help. We hope for the next event, the next outcome, the next moment to bring hope. And I think our hope comes in knowing who we are and who God is. It comes from a prayer meeting where we get together and the earth begins to shake because God's people are so hungry to be what he has called them to be. 
And if you're comfortable with things as they are now, then I'm not, I, I'm not talking to you, I guess. I'm talking to the person who's saying, I don't like this. I don't, I, I don't see people getting the Holy Ghost. I don't see people getting baptized. I don't see lives being changed. I don't see growth. I don't see signs, wonders, and miracles. And, I, and I'm not okay with that because when I read in the Bible, everything in the New Testament, the Old Testament, throughout Scripture, God is always doing great things and marvelous things and even measurable things. Oh, he's not a God of numbers. Yeah, right. By the end of Acts 2, there's 3,000 people by the end of Acts 4 there's there's 5,000 more people that's just men it says we I mean it was growing leaps and bounds there was numeric growth there was signs wonders and miracles there was even persecution but that didn't stop them because they just got together and they kept praying and they kept saying I gotta keep doing what God called me to do I gotta keep being what God called me to be and so the 21st century church we can't just say well when's the next service when's the building open we are the church And the only thing I can control is myself. It's me. It's, it's who I am. And you know what? I'm ready for change. I want to instill things in my life that will develop me into the man and the father and the husband and the minister that God wants me to be. But that doesn't just happen from going to one Sunday service to the next Sunday service. Where I come in and say, man, I hope they got a good song, good worship set, good message. Because you got to feed me. I'm hungry. Spiritually, I'm just hanging on. And I'm just hoping that something here in this building is going to really speak to me. Paul addresses the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 3.1. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger, and you're still not ready. And that just sounds so rude. I mean, if I got up on Sunday and said that word, those words, some of you would never come back. I'm like, Paul, Paul, you're rude. You're, you're just rude. There's a time and a place for milk. Think about newborn babies. My wife and kids wanted a little puppy. I didn't want a little puppy. We ended up with a little puppy. <laughs> this cute little dog, Arlo, keeps peeing on my new carpet, drive me crazy. But the kids like him, Jackie likes him, so whatever. But the, the little dog's a piranha. He just, he, he, you feed him and, he, and then he goes to the, the big dog's food, which is funny because Gidget used to do that to my mom's dog and she would eat his food and he'd back up. Now Gidget was the tough, strong one. The little puppy comes he, and she backs up and lets him eat her food. I'm like, what is going on? But when that dog eats that grown dog's food, guess what has happened last three times he ate it? He went outside and threw up. The dog, the food was too big. It's too much. So we got to start putting, now we're feeding Gidget the little dog's food, and she's loving it. <laughs> and the vet starts saying, well, you need him feeding this special kind of food. I said, fine, fine, give me the bag of food. And then they're like, well, that'll be that, how much money? I was like, I'd rather pay a car payment than buy that stuff. But I know he's, he's vomiting when he's eating Gidget's food. Well, because he's not ready for it yet. And that happens in churches. Just like that, we can't cram certain elements of consecration and sanctification down the throats of new believers after they're born again. Their, their new life starts with milk before meat. There's a place for milk. But many of us watching online and here tonight, you're, you're well beyond milk. We need milk. 
I'm fine with my child breastfeeding at six months. Very concerned at six years. That's awkward. We need to be prayerfully aware of what we're consuming right now because some of us, these people here, we were raised in ministers' homes. We grew up watching our family serve in ministry. We fell asleep under pews, which at that age, your body should be able to fit like feet to head between one section of the pew. Once you outgrow that, you need to stop sleeping under the pews. It's kind of like a rule. It's like an unwritten rule. Well, I'm big for my age. Get over it. Sit on the pew. I remember I, I used to stretch, and I could touch the bottom of my feet and the top of my head, and I was like, oh, man, I'm probably going to have to get out from under here. If you have to, like, go to fetal position just to fit, like, get up. I'm not trying to preach you, Brother Chris, but you got to stop. It's time to move up on the seat now, okay? I'm just... Uh, yeah. He, he never even got to experience it. He came out the womb looking like that. But That's a real talent to sleep in a Pentecostal worship service. I mean, that's, that's, that takes talent. We've been walking this way a long time, though, but in spite of that, there's some people that fit the bill of that description, and you're still wanting just milk. And you're expecting the milk to be fed to you from the pulpit. But there, moves, there comes a time in our spiritual development, we've got to move beyond that. New Testament writers imploring believers in Hebrews 5 says, you have been believers so long that you ought to be teaching others. Just pause there. God's plan for his New Testament church was for disciples. Be a Barnabas or be a, uh, pursue a Barnabas, pursue a Paul, be a Barnabas, train a Timothy. God has tried to get us to Look forward, hey, invest in me, receive from someone. And once you reach the age of maturity where you're healthy spiritually, you, you can't just keep sitting on a padded pew saying, I'm looking forward to next week. I now have to look to someone else and begin to invest in them. The reason the Dead Sea is the Dead Sea and there's no life in the Dead Sea is because it inlets come into it and there's no outlets. You, you want to die spiritually? Take it all in and don't let anything out. And he says, you've been believers so long, you, got, you ought to be teaching other people. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Again, if I got up and said this Sunday morning, for someone who lives on milk is still an infant, doesn't know how to do what's right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. These passages are just almost plain rude. But the things needed to be said. Because instead of consuming the word, they were consuming other things. And these New Testament writers knew that God had called them. For such a time as this, Jesus said, the fields are white, they're ready for harvest. He just needed laborers. But when people who are called to be laborers, hear me, are still drinking milk and expecting someone to feed them, he knew this was going to negatively impact the harvest. 
We're the light. We talked about it last week, the labors. For this cause, I left you here to make a difference. As a parent, I'm teaching my children to consume food for themselves. But guess what? I have a 12-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 5-year-old. I do not feed them anymore. I used to. Now they feed themselves. So I'm not necessarily looking at them going, hey, did you hold your fork right? Hey, guys, you got, I mean, at some point, I, I still need to say, don't stand on the table, stop eating with your mouth open, don't spit the food back on the plate, like, we're working on things. But Jackie's coming along, so, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just throwing out there to make sure she's watching, because if I walk in the door tonight and she doesn't say something to me, I knew she wasn't watching. So she probably will be meeting me at the door. Anybody have a place I could crash tonight? <laughs> I don't spoon feed my children anymore. Kiera might have a tough time in the youth group. If I was like, well, I need to go to youth congress with you. Open up, baby. I, you know, like, wouldn't go over well with the youth. As the child grows and feeds herself, my concern now shifts to not teaching her how to consume. But what are you consuming? My kids, if I let them, be like, what are you having for breakfast? Well, I got a bowl of Sour Patch Kids, and I'm washing it down with a cherry coat. Some of you would might eat that. You're like, it sounds good. <laughs> we don't want them eating a bowl of candy, right? I know how, I know how my kids, I want my kids to know how to eat but also what they're eating. Spiritually, I share this same concern as a pastor. There comes a time where there's milk, and that's not a negative derogatory statement. Somebody's new to a church, and they just got a new birth, just repented of their sins. They're like, I wanna, I'm hungry for God. You can't just be like, here, eat steak. No, you stop. Hey, let's look at a Bible, a Bible study. Let's really dive into this and, and understand what God's word means. And then as you see these things, there's a discipleship course and talks about lifestyle, commitments, consecration. Let's look at what scripture says. And, and again, at your, you're going to go at your pace, but here's what the Bible says. And, and you walk with someone. And you don't just teach them a lesson and leave them and be like, yeah, I taught them a thing. They never came back. Really? Is that what we do with new babies? Like, who, who leaves the hospital? And they're like, you're discharged. And you're like, all right, honey, meet me at home. You drive home like, where's the baby? You get put in jail for that kind of stuff. Well, if there was a spiritual jail, we'd get put in sometimes. Because we're like, seven weeks later, where's sister? Where's so-and-so? I thought they were coming here. We got to do a better job. That's all of us. As you come into church as a new believer, I want to make sure that you're being fed spiritual, a meal that brings health and growth. But eventually, I want you to be able to feed yourself. Your only meals cannot come on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. You'll be very malnutrition. You'll suffer from malnutrition. You can't survive with Wednesday night and Sunday morning. Eventually, you need to start feeding yourself. But now, once you're, there's growth there, now I'm not just concerned, like, you need to feed yourself, you need to feed yourself, which I'm hoping you would be doing. The Bible says the word is the bread of life. We're spending time in his presence. We're eating the word. We're, 
we're, we're consuming spiritual things, but I'm not just concerned about, concerned about it. I'm concerned with what you're consuming. Because if you reach the point where you say, well, yeah, no, I read the word. Yeah, I pray. I do these things, hopefully. And we're going to look at some of these things because they're crucial to being who God has called us to be. I just don't see that in the first century church. Like, I don't see Peter getting up and being like, why were you guys not at the prayer meeting? I don't see Peter being like, what is wrong? We got to reach the lost. You guys ever see these things in the Bible? It was a lifestyle. Because they were in the presence of, of God. They were praying. They were fasting. They were reading the word. People didn't have to get up and, and preach these things because it was already in them. And so when they're not in us, it just shows that we're not connected to the right things. What are we consuming? Spiritually, we can't eat bowls of Sour Patch Kids and drink Cherry Coke for breakfast. Part of what has happened in COVID and quarantine and even strictly online services, there's a reason why I continue to have service. I know people are in quarantine, have COVID. I know that there's a risk when we get together. I don't belittle it. I don't, I don't say that it's, oh, you could come to church. What if somebody got it? I understand that. But to me, this is too essential. Each family has to make their decision. And if you say, I don't feel comfortable, I'm going to respect that. I'm not going to preach down to you. I'm not going to talk bad about you. But we're going to, as far as I know, unless something happens drastic, we're going to keep our doors open. Tune in online, watch in person, or come in person. But strictly online services, what I've seen is that even the mature and the developed believers are consuming too much of an unhealthy diet. Even leaders and those of us that know better. Consuming Fox News, spiritual CNN, spiritually we've become unfit. Fantasy football. I'm in a couple of different leagues and I think people forget that the pastor's in the league. And so during church, people are adding and dropping players. You're laughing, I'm not. I told my wife, I ha might have to leave my leagues. It irritates me that bad. And it's happened multiple times from multiple entities, multiple people. It's not me just trying to be rude. But that's the kind of stuff we're dealing with. Well, it was just an online service. Just an online service. Consuming ESPN, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, sleep, television, reality shows, sitcoms. Even in quarantine, some of you are in quarantine. You know, we say, I wish I had the time to get into the word. I wish I had the time to pray. I wish, my God, you got the time. Well, where is my time being used? Well, it's a great question. Just go to your cell phone right now. Go to settings, and you can go to screen time. Let's be practical. Go ahead, take a look tonight before you go to bed. 
Check out screen time. I bet you some of you will be shocked out of your mind to find the numbers. Because can I say this? If the number on Facebook or TikTok and Instagram and ESPN, if the numbers don't coincide with your prayer life and your time in the word, your balanced diet is out of balance. These are tough messages to preach, but we've got to hear these things. We've got to be challenged. We've got to, we've got, because to me, I don't want to just pastor a church that's comfortable and financially stable with the same people and we enjoy getting together twice a week in a building. Those are all nice, and I love that. And I love every single one of you, and I love everyone watching online. I love you. But here's the thing. I want to be the church God's called us to be. And that church includes numeric growth and spirit outpouring and, and signs, wonders, and miracles and water baptisms and new birth. And that's not going to happen in a church that's just comfortable and saying, well, church is closed down. I'm in quarantine. So, man, you know what? I just got through the whole season of, of hard knocks and, and ESPN about a football team. Or I just made it through a whole Disney season. Or, or you know what? Now they got the master, unmasked, dancer, or singer, or whatever they're doing these days. And I couldn't believe so-and-so was that person. And we become experts in all these things that really they don't matter. Oh, God, I'm... Can't wait till Sunday, though. I hope we have a good service. What are we consuming? If you're in quarantine, use this time. I'm speaking to people online right now. Use this time to go to depth in God that you have never gone to before. Use this time to dive into the word, to go into God's word, to begin to seek his face. Now, I understand if you're in quarantine, you're sick, you're not feeling well, you can't even get out of bed. I understand there's people who are genuinely sick. Take care of your physical body first. But when you're feeling better, if you are asymptomatic, get yourself into the word. Begin to seek his face. Do the things that you just say, I wish I could have done when I was working my job. What are you consuming? That's why fasting is so crucial, and I'm almost done. And tonight, we're just going to turn on some music. We're going to find a place to pray momentarily. Because these are the messages that, like, some people are like, man, that was a good message. Others of you are like, I don't know if I'm going back to that church. Who does he think he is? Blah, blah, blah. Listen, I don't think I'm nobody, but I know I'm the pastor of a group of people who I love, and I got to tell you what God lays on my heart to say. And at the end of the day, we have to look and say, what am I consuming? You know, that's why we fast. But if the only time you're fasting is a quarterly fast when I call it, there's a spiritual discipline that's lacking from your life. Aim to fast if it's a meal a week or a day a week. Get rid of something that you find enjoyable. Oh, man, I love cheeseburgers. We'll fast cheeseburgers. But again, some of you are beyond that. Some of you can fast 24 hours with water only. You're, you're there. But it's in those moments that I'm not just on a hunger strike. I'm not fasting for blood work. I'm denying flesh so that I can replace it with a spiritual meal in the word, hearing from him. You'll start to see, wow, I hear his voice more clearly.
And that's why I say go to your phone because you know what? It's not even enough. Sometimes we don't even realize that we walk somewhere and the first thing we do, look around society on an elevator, waiting for a bus, waiting in a meeting. We're just there all the time. In church, during an online service, we're there all the time. And so you know what? Over these next few lessons, we're going to look at a few spiritual disciplines. So I want to change. I want to change. And I wish, I wish I was in this pulpit. Man, I've changed, guys. You just got to come up to where I am. I wish, I wish I could say that. But I'm looking at myself going, God, I got so much room to grow. I got, I want to see more. I want to do more. I want to be more. God, help me. If you're just hoping that COVID will pass so we can get back in the building, that's not true change. COVID has, it's not just COVID exposure, COVID has exposed. Meeting in the church, a new president, a better news channel, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a promotion, none of that brings true change. Only you can make the changes to you, and God will help you make those changes if you let him. So look at what you're consuming, what's coming through your eyes and ears. I would suggest as you start this new year, maybe even now, do that media fast. I used to think media fasts were for weaklings, like oh, you just need to do a whole food fast. Who does a media fast? But media fast, the power of media has grown so much over the last decade that many even believers are addicted and they don't know it. The fact if I said, do a total media fast, no media for seven days, some of us would be like, yeah, right, ain't happening. There's no way. But I encourage you, one day, three days, seven days, whatever, other than what you use for your business, don't lose your job. <laughs> but things that are just for pleasure and enjoyment, get off some of those things and replace it with the word and prayer and watch the way your outlook changes. Watch when instead of at the bus stop, I'm just scrolling through a phone, my media fast sits in my pocket and I actually can see the lame man and I actually can see the person who needs me and I say silver and gold have I none. How many miracles are we missing because we're, we're consuming the wrong things and what we're consuming is pulling us away from the very work that God is calling us to do. Oh, God, I just feel his power and his anointing right now. I just think that if the church will respond to this, I just, I'm telling you, something's going to be able to shift in the local church, in the community, in, in really in the global church. If, if it, I just wish I could preach this to the world because God just, just seared it in my heart, my heart so strongly. Watch the way your outlook changes in 2021 when you're consuming the word and you're, rather than consuming what Trevor Noah or Tucker Carlson or your good friend on Facebook or the president is saying, what are you consuming? Because if you're ready for change, it will be directly correlated to the answer to that question. What are you consuming? Because it's not just the consuming that changes my outlook. It is what keeps me from walking in the path and doing the things God's called me to do because it's either stuck up here or I'm stuck like this and I'm missing things. I'm just, I'm inviting someone to just say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, if it's one day, three days, seven days, if there's something, if it's today, next week, the beginning of the year, mark it in your calendar though because if you say, yeah, I'm going to do that sometime, it will never happen. 
But if you say, starting this date, I'm going to put it on the calendar. My family's going to do this. Watch what happens in the course of that time as you begin to hear his voice and walk in his way and fast and deny flesh and get away from the things of this world. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but facts, news, it's not sin. Who said it's sin? It's just, the Bible says, lay away aside the weight and sin that doth beset it. Sometimes it's just all these things that are consuming our attention that we're missing the fact that God has a plan. I have felt God through this whole message. I know that he has spoken to his church. I invite the church to respond right now. Come to an altar. Pray where you are. If you're watching online, make your home a sanctuary. Make it an altar. Don't just scroll right now. Don't just turn on the next show. Turn it off. Just get in the presence of God right now. Just begin to talk to him. Say, God, I'm not. If, 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 maybe you are happy with where the church is. I'm not. I want to see more. I want to I do more. I want to be more. I want God to, to just do signs, wonders, miracles. I want to have prayer meetings and times of fasting. I want to I go to new depths in him and I want to go there with a body of believers who will go with me. Peter didn't do it alone. John didn't do it alone. They, they, they went together. They, they said we're going to pray in homes and, and we're going to go into the temple and we're going to go and we're going to reach out to people who are lame and poor and hurting and, and, and we're just going to go wherever we can because gathering is important and it's crucial but that's not the only place I get my meal. I get my meal in the word and then I take it and I go feed someone else. Oh, God, help the church. Help the church of the 21st century. Help me. God, I can't change everybody, but I can change me, God. Help me. Help me, Jesus. I'm not where I want to be, God. Help me, Lord. Just speak to my heart. Talk to my family, God. Let it start in my home, Jesus. Let me be the church, God. I don't want to just look forward. Sunday's great. I can't wait to worship again. But that's not where my next meal's coming from. That's not where the next sign, wonder, and miracle's coming from. Lord, I I want it to happen tomorrow. I want it to happen where I go tomorrow. I want to pray with my kids in the morning, God. I want to hear your word and read your word, God. I don't want to just consume Disney or CNN or, or the talk news channels, Lord. I, I want to be with you. I want to hear your voice. I want to walk into this society without my eyes peeled on a phone. Church, I want you to know I deleted my Facebook app because I looked down and it, it consumed too much of my time. I, look, I said, my God, I look, what's going on here? That's too much time for me. And so I deleted it. I wanted to practice what I preach. I just challenged somebody to look at things and and open to the challenge. God, help me, Jesus. Help me, God. Jesus' name.